this is Two Daves in a Dock. My name is Dave Graham, and I'm joined by David Pollard and Colin Keogh. Today, we're going to be discussing supervisors and advisors, also known as super advisors. Let's join the conversation. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for episode number two. As you notice, uh, there has been a slight wardrobe change. <laughs> slight, albeit slight. And I'm here with the two Daves and the, and the doc, of course. So Mr. Pollard, Mr. Graham, Mr. Keogh. Notice I didn't say doctor this time, Colin, because you know I'm Thank learning. I'm learning in the space of 30 minutes. I've learned. Look at that. Higher learning already in place. So we talked about last time, we talked about the process, you know, what it, what, what a PhD is and, you know, all the benefits that come with benefits and considerations that come alongside of that. But really what we want to focus on today is some of the other nuances of the PhD process really uh, around supervisors, around advisors, you know, who helps you determine what you should be looking at uh, and really kind of the orientation process, you know, for those of us who have been out of it for a while and coming back in and even those that are gone from a bachelor's degree straight into a PhD, there's an orientation process. This is a whole brave new world. So we do want to focus on that level of energy. So, uh, let's start with you, David, because you're at the top of my screen and why not? <laughs> Supervisors. Let's start with the supervisory aspect of stuff. See, you've already been in education. So you've got, you've got a little bit of that kind of you know, path method going on right now, but supervisors, I mean, what, what's your view on that role within determining your PhD or even kind yeah. of engaging as part of the orientation process, see, linking things together. Yeah. From, from my side, I suppose I've been involved in being a supervisor uh, for undergrad students uh, outside of, of this space uh, within the higher education uh, setting. So really what we're told to do um, at an undergrad level is to be signposts and to be people who are able to guide and ask the questions that the person who is going through the process uh, may not ask themselves because they're either too immersed, they've got things going on, you know, people are humans at the end of the day, they've got so many other uh, variables in their lives that are influencing that sometimes the question doesn't naturally come to their mind. And all we're doing is you know, touching base, asking the question, you know, it might be a bit painful at the time for, for that student involved, because it's probably the question they don't want to be asked, yeah. but it's so important for them to make the right choice and to go down the right path and to steer them if they're going a little bit off. And I think um, it's similar. I think no matter what level you're at, you know, we have um, a supervisor who I think we share, Dave, and I think it's going to be hugely um, influential in, in how we progress moving forward but what I suppose I, I want to ask you know what I'm asking of them I think that's where we get to now is you know what do we want from them is again that guidance that critical mind that is at a different level to where we currently are because you know that's our scaffolding that's our process to get to that point uh, eventually over the course of the few years and yeah, we're looking for those signposts at different stages. And it's not that they're going to be sitting, you know, answering every single email, you know, hopping on the phone to us, but they will be there. And I think it's even the, the, the understanding that if something really does go down and you need some support, yeah. that at that point, you've got that crucial person to, to respond. And it's less hand-holding, I would say, that even at under, undergrad level, um, but they're there. 
And I think that's important, uh, even if it was just that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you mentioned the word scaffolding, and I think that's that's pretty much it, right? It's, you know, there, there's this kind of cyclical relationship there. A, a good supervisor is invested in your future because you're invested in theirs. <laughs> Everything that we do actually props up our supervisors to a certain extent, right? It, it either achieves notoriety, like, oh, you had that person in there. <laughs> Ooh, you know, that, that, could be, that could be a good time. I mean, Colin, I mean, I'm sure Dr. Goodman's rolling, rolling her eyes all the time. Oh, Colin's involved in this one. There's a there's this kind of nested success model that's in there, right? You know, you're, you're looking at both aspects of it. We have this a lot in marketing, you know, my day job, right? Where we kind of look at how that message is is kind of delivered. You know, if I'm able to help somebody distill down this very very dense topic into something that's very very simple, I've won, and really you know, won in an ostensible sense, right? I've really kind of helped them reshape or reformat or reframe, you know, kind of the scaffolding around that core message that they're trying to deliver. So a lot of, I, I see from at least, you know, my background in psychology and helping people try to understand their innate problems. I mean, that's kind of what a supervisor is doing to a certain extent as well, helping you reshape, reframe, rescaffold that problem in ways that maybe simplify it. Well, you, you know, Dave, you shouldn't be focused on this particular aspect. Maybe if you, shift your focus a little bit and look at this particular aspect of technology or this particular aspect of neurology or so on and so forth. Maybe you'll see things from a different view. And it's really kind of that, that provenance there. I mean, Colin, how did Elizabeth help, help you out in shaping your worldview? Colin, on this one, can I just ask you as well, because this was something that stood out to me in terms of what uh, Josh Goodman was able to, to do, even just in a very small lecture that I saw her do was to be able to say, you know, pick your three areas and see where that overlap is at. And I know that you've gone through that process, whereas we're kind of at the start. I'm curious about that one as well. The circles of knowledge. Yeah. No, so I think, yeah, it's you guys, like, kind of base idealized role a supervisor has. You know, in a traditional program, they are going to be your subject matter expert. Funding, you know, you will be working under them on a specific project in their specific field and area. Now, ours is slightly different because it's impact-led and it's human-led. So we're going for impact. But if you want to see impact, there's no one better than Professor Elizabeth Goodman. You know, in that case, she's ideal. Has made huge amounts of impact on thousands, if not tens of thousands of people all around the world. So basically, she's the guide on the journey. Your supervisor is your guide on the journey. They serve multiple kind of aspects, uh, both in support of you and then in protection of you at the same time. So as well as an academic kind of sounding board and, you know, a guide in the field of research or in the field of study or in the field of academia to give you all the grounding you need and make sure all the work you're doing is of to the required level. Have subject matter expertise as well. And they're able to give you a frame and give you understanding of how your work fits into the field. And if you're going on the right course, they're there to protect you then as well, because unfortunately, every PhD journey is not seamless and faultless. You may have conflict problems that are there to help you do it. And yeah, it's very, very similar to the experience you'd have with an undergrad and a kind of postgrad supervisor, just way more involved. You know, they become your colleague and your ally and your very good friend. And, you know, you publish together, research together and you know, so it's a more kind of symbiotic relationships. You know, it's 
the better you do, the better they do, the better they do, the better you do. So it's in everyone's interest that you have the most successful PhD experience possible with the best outputs. In our case in particular, the really good bit is because we're impact-focused and human-focused, nearly everyone on the program is combining different fields together. Now, the common thread is generally technology, and, you know, technology and the use of technology impacts everyone's work. But, you know, trying to convey the overlap is activities like the circles of knowledge one, is you can map your PhD with intersecting areas and fields of cert, like, you know, expertise. So you can create a very visual your PhD maps in reality. And that's all the strength of supervisors. You know, it's kind of that will help you do it. So, you know, you guys will do it numerous times as you develop because research is iterative. You know, ideas come, they ebb and flow. You might be adamant and like 100% sure at the beginning it's bound to evolve and it's bound to change. You know, and mine did numerous times as you kind of, similarly to what we talked about last time, you vary scope. You know, at the beginning, new PhD students want to do everything. And I was guilty of it. And I'm sure the two of you are guilty of it as well. You know, know you want to cover every field. You definitely do. (laughs) Every field, every aspect, every area, you want to cover everything. And as you dig into it and focus, your field of view narrows and narrows and narrows until you start focusing in on it. Now, I found in my case, and I've seen it in numerous other people's cases as well, probably midway through, it starts to open up again a little bit. You know, mm. when, you know, you've got hyper-focused and then you start broadening it out a little bit more to cater for some of the related and co-located and kind of, you know, adjacent fields for midway through. And then your kind of final year is kind of arrow-focused then to your public to your thesis at the end. So your supervisor is your guide for that. They keep you honest. They keep you accountable. They keep you straight. And you know what I mean? They make sure that you are delivering as you should and you're outputting as you should as a PhD student in the field of academia. You know, we're going to push the boundaries of academia and what you can do, but it's credible, validated, certified and follow that kind of of scientific process. So, yeah. And like that starts very early on. And then you have your, in addition to your supervisor, you have your advisors. So I guess that's the next stage of discussion. So you guys early on, I'm sure, have started to develop ideas about what sort of advisors you're looking at. Did I? I don't know. <laughs> I probably should at this point. You didn't? Uh, I mean, so <laughs> on that note, on, on the, you know, I'd like to just point out that Zoom has made, you know, some of your emph- emphases on your syllables wonderfully great it was ebbing and flowing a little bit like what you were talking about (laughs) exactly a little bit like that no anyway uh it was actually really good because it slowed down right in the part where you're making this emphatic point about the greatness (laughs) of supervisorness i have point make mode turned on don't you know oh you make you pretty mode is that what 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 what, what you what you turn on (laughs) maybe turn that one off just be yourself Colin. that's that's what this is all about right (laughs) Advisors to get back to the topic at hand. Um, so, super, you know, supervisor obviously you're kind of your north star for your your PhD your development, right? You know, again, it's that that symbiotic relationship. I think part of their role and responsibility, at least my conversation with Dr. Goodman was like this as well. Like, did you think about this person? You know, because the panel that you assemble, the the people that advise your process over the years that you will be doing this, and it will be years because we're not going to beat your record anytime soon, Colin. 
though I will certainly give it my my damnedest. I'm already two thousand words in. Hey me. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna be dead by the time this is done. So that those advisors become important, right? So Dr. Goodman said, "Hey, what do you think about this person? Go look them up. Look up their CV. Look at what they've done. You know, do you think this person is is good for you? Do you think you know with given where you're starting?" And again, I'm, I'm assured that a lot of this stuff is mutable in the end, right? There's, there's can and will be changes as things go along. But being able to look at that and have their, let's say, acumen, their, their respect, their, their kind of presence in these, these fields, you know, allows them the opportunity to go and kind of bring good people into your circle, you know, your academic, your PhD circle as well. So, you know, from an advisory standpoint, I believe I have two other individuals, I mean, Obviously, I know you, so you're going to be my kind of advisor on the side, if you will. Um, but I have two other academic advisors as part of my panel right now um, that are, you know, will be meeting, I believe, this this trimester. Um, you know, at least have an initial conversation about <laughs> who it is and what I'm doing around here. Uh, and that's been great. And they're a diverse crowd. You know, one is based here in in, in America, uh, Thomas Je Thomas Jefferson University, I believe, out of Philadelphia, you know, Pennsylvania area. And then one is uh, out of UCD as well. You know, so it's, it's great. So there's a little bit of that kind of here and there kind of concept and different worldviews, different places that they are, different um, modalities that are, you know, thematic elements that they, that they cover too. So, I mean, Dave, you know, have you sat down and, and taken a look at your, your advisory panel yet? Yeah, I did. And I connected with them on LinkedIn because of course now we can do that. Uh, and, and especially because it's very difficult to connect in with people face to face. So yep. um, I think, I think it's important to build up relationships and, you know, every little bit that you can do just to, to, I suppose, bring that relationship forward is positive. So it was more just a, Hey, uh, looking forward to connecting rather than a conversation, because, you know, I think it's important to respect that advisors, are what they are. They're not going to be the answer to everything. You know, at the end of the day, we're supposed to be the researchers. Uh, we have to go and, and do the work ourselves. And hopefully then at points they come in again to be again a little, uh, use that signposting again. I think that's important. One of the things that I did as well today was I actually connected him with the UCD Writing Centre and I was like, help me i need i need support uh, we're going to have something due in a couple of weeks uh, the bibliography and i wanted to just touch base show where show where we were um, and to get some advice around how to create some frameworks and framing for questions that i want to have in my mind that hopefully will come naturally at a certain point but for now i'm not there it's been a while since i was writing in an academic setting so uh, touch base uh, with dr hamilton who's in there and it was surprising how a, a short 20 minute conversation really helped me to go, okay, I actually feel a bit more confident now in how I approach it um, just by asking the right questions. And although not a lot was said in terms of, you know, there was no magic key to how I'm supposed to start writing and how I'm supposed to get involved with this. Uh, he did mention this idea that, you know, at the end of the day, people in this scenario are researchers. So there's an expectation and a responsibility to work and to come with content, to come with an, the ideas well-framed and established, and then to ask proper questions of those advisors uh, so that they can really work with it rather than saying, you know, I need to 
to to get started which is kind of similar to what i did today but at least i had some work done in <laughs> advance which was good uh, so i didn't have to go in completely blind and i think that was very important and um, so you know you're taking some responsibility on and then you're finding people around you to support and i think uh, what i'll be doing i think it's something that has worked well for me in my career is to bring people in similar to what colin mentioned i think in the first episode around uh, looking at different disciplines so that i'm, I'm looking at educators as designers trying to create solutions to challenges especially in our current climate and putting the power back in their hands to be able to respond to those but in order to do that we need to look at the startup worlds we need to start to look at the corporate worlds uh, different elements that are there to be able to go what do you do really well that we can do really well and replicate it and modify it and adapt it and similar to research, I think it's important to find people who don't have the same mindset and who are willing to challenge you, not to have this echo chamber where you're hearing about the same things, which, you know, I guess is what this podcast kind of does in a way, as you know, you know, three bearded white guys, you know, we're going to hear some, some fact that, you yeah. know, it's, it's common to us. And I think it's important to have people coming in with that diversity of thought. Well, and I, I think you bring up a, a pretty good point, and I'd also like to counterpoint a little bit of it as well. Not everybody has the same, you know, let's say, community around them that we do. You know, we've been blessed to know each other. I mean, and that's it's been incredible. And again, you know, you know, all joking aside, there are things that we are each doing that intersect with each other. There is intersectionality. I mean, I got to go and mentor startups with with Colin and Gene. Uh, that was incredible. And even a tail on effect of that is it's actually helping my research today. And what I do with Elemental Collision, right? And doing those community interviews and, and putting that out there. But for folks that don't have that kind of, you know, that community built up or haven't had the exposure to those type of things, I think, you know, again, this is where that's that gap, you know, maybe that dark area for some of us in, in terms of recognizing it. That's where things like PhD, you know, the hashtag PhD life or academic chatter on Twitter, it's universally acceptable. There's a huge signal to noise issue there for sure. You know, jumping in there and there's a lot of noise, let me tell you, but those type of things, you're, you're finding commonality amongst other people that maybe are on the same, you know, layer as you in their journey as well. And, and hopefully we're adding into the, the signal side of, of, of that with, with this particular podcast, right? I don't want to be the noisy chump that's, that's doing all that stuff. But I think asking, and, you know, and to your point, Dave, as well, you know, asking those questions. And, you know, if you start asking, you start being Socratic about what you're trying to do, you actually uncover so much. You know, it's those simple questions. You know, the, there are tools that are out there for us that are free, that are available. I mean, social media is is an easy thing these days to jump in. It may take a little bit of effort to find, again, the signal amongst the noise, but it's there and it's accessible. And by asking questions, you suddenly start to enlarge your community. You start to enlarge those people that you can talk to that may have, oh, you should go talk to this. I, I know for myself, Naomi Temperley, who, you know, I met for the first time in Derry. <laughs> you know, went out drinking as part of a startup conference, but that's another story for another time. The relationships I've been able to build with her and that she's referred me on to have built a network that's incredible. You know, these are people that I've been able to talk to, but it came from one encounter. It came from one point in time and a chance, you know, it was, I got invited to something in the place that I'd never been, you know, um, and mostly because I was dogging somebody on the internet. <laughs> about doing it right so i mean colin from your experience you know if you take an outside in approach how do people start to build that that kind of advisory network or how do people start to engage 
in order to get to yeah. a place where they have a, a pretty solid base. And Dave, same question to you, but let's let's let the doctor go through it. Great point. So again, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to our episode on using social media for academia and Twitter because we got great stories for to gotten out of social media in the academic space before. So yeah, it's I'm looking forward to that one already. But I think you, you both you guys hit it kind of really really well when you said it's about broadening out your network we as you said we are very lucky to be very well connected in the technology space that all of us operate in in general now it's mostly due to the fact we go to one and get involved in everything but everyone isn't as lucky to do that so in addition to your supervisor your advisor network are the keys to the connection so when you're building out your advisory network they help you to do that. They help you to get connected auctions to people in the field and the area. So, you know, it's very early on building this advisory network. They are, they are your kind of jet fuel that will supercharge the kind of growth of your network and your connections. So choosing them, that's one of the aspects they provide. They then, as you guys have mentioned, give you insight from different areas, the kind of in your kind of wheelhouse or adjacent fields. They then, you know, ensure you maintain academic integrity and, you know, they're basically another support along with your supervisor that give you broader external area specific knowledge. So choosing them is very, very important. And like I was lucky enough to have some great ones. So I had like the great Dr. Andrea Bandelli, who runs Science Gallery International. I wanted to do um, focus on innovation inside the field of engineering and technology. And the Science Gallery is an amazing network for doing that, conveying scientific knowledge to the general public. You know, I had some great advisors from the fields of engineering, from art, from creativity, from literature, from kind of science and business. And it allows you to build it out. And mine changed. You know what I mean? As it went along, my advisors changed as the project changed. And as in, of course, it's not faultless. I had some issues, personality issues and external issues with supervisors that it affected the relationship, but it kind of evolved. So choosing them at the beginning, your supervisors, your help, and they're your guide to, they will recommend, do you think these people can be useful for you? And then your own research, you know, research them, people you admire, work you like that inspires you, work that's related read their work, understand it, and contact them. You know, don't hound them, but contact them, tell them what you're doing, appear serious and dedicated with a concrete plan in place. And I would be surprised if they don't offer to help. Yeah, I can follow up on that one for sure, because uh, I saw a, a PhD thesis that I'm reading at the moment for the second time, and it's, it's helped me to frame my research questions better. But the woman who wrote it, I reached out to her, uh, Dr. Dana Hendrickson, and it was amazing because it was just, again, through LinkedIn, put out a chat and said, love the work that you're doing, really curious, have you got any further reading that I could maybe go into? And just by doing that, I got a message back, nothing too much, but yes, here's a list of areas to, to read into. Wow. And again, that was that was really uh, powerful because you know you sometimes don't expect it, but when someone does respond like that, you kind of go, okay, well, actually, maybe the questions I'm asking are in the right direction. And even by going through that process yourself and by reaching out, you might find yourself going, oh, actually, maybe that's not where I need to be going or that's not the right question. So you can find advisors who might be almost temporary or passing 
or fleeting advisors, whatever way you want to call it, who can support you at a particular point in where you are. So for me, that was very important uh, to create my application. And also now coming back, having gone through that process, it's important for me to go back and review that and say, actually, I probably don't want to do exactly what my application is, <laughs> is stating, but I want to go in a space. And again, that one conversation has made an impact. So it's still impacting on me, even though the conversation was very, very short and, and brief and online and just to, to text. And I think as well, you know, we, we can go into social media a little bit further, but not again, not being afraid, you know, people are on social media and they're on these platforms because they want to be there. They want to be connected with, they want this uh, element of removing that red tape that's normally there, that sometimes is there through emails and we become very formal and it's, you know, dear Dr. Kyo, <laughs> dear Mr. Graham. <laughs> and it becomes, and it's shifted and it's trans, uh, kind of transitions into a more, hey, or hi. And, you know, if someone approaches you on a street and they start with one or the other, how are you going to feel? And again, uh, you know, being, being um, a bit bold and a bit daring in these spaces can, can lead to a lot of uh, positivity and having these people around you. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that's why we're doing this podcast. It's not really more, anything more than uh, helping each other out, uh, being in a space to just talk out ideas that are in our heads. We haven't talked too much about what we're going to say. Uh, <laughs> But it, it, I got it a bulleted helps. list. What are you talking about? <laughs> Colin has a That's bulleted true. list. I mean, true. true. An hour ago. Um, so, yeah, maybe ago. not. But, but again, that idea of like, even this little community of practice that is here, you know, we're not going to be officially listed in anything, you know, in terms of advisors and stuff like that. But we're probably as important as anybody in the process to each other. Yeah, it's a trail of breadcrumbs that that we're you know that we're leaving, right? You know, if you can follow some of this stuff, I mean, uh, again, all my re my research, my conversations are public. I mean, it, it's it's those type of things that you know it, we're just three regular guys. Legitimately, there's nothing outstanding or special about us. We're you know beggars in search of the next. Despite the Forbes magazine, there in the top left hand corner of <laughs> Collins. Uh, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> it's black. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing, none of this is mine. So, I mean, this is all other esteemable people, um, but it's really, it's really that, you know, we're leaving these little breadcrumbs. And I think that's one of the, you know, and we definitely will have a whole entire thing on social media, I think, you know, coming up and maybe that's the next time we do this, but I, you know, that ability to kind of go out there in the art of the cold call, if you will, or this, just having that conversation. I found that people want to have conversations. It may not be in the way, shape or form that we had have imagined in the past, right? We're obviously socially distant now for good reason. Um, you know, these new technology modalities, I had a zoom chat. <laughs> all right, fine. I get that. We're all, we're all fatigued by it, you know, constantly, but reaching out and taking that chance, you know, and you know, what's the worst that they could say? No. I mean, and a no just means you move on, you move to the next thing. And so being afraid, that's not a failure. It's only a failure if you never try. And, and really within that space, I think what we're trying to accomplish here, and you know, we certainly are open for any kind of conversations that come in. I wanna be out there and, and having those with people as well. But the same kind of approach to how we approach our advisors, how we approach our supervisors. I mean, I've experienced nothing but encouragement to have open conversations based on my conversations with you, based on my conversations with Dr. Goodman, and based on future conversations I'll have with my advisors. I want to know more. I want to reach out and talk to the list of 
<laughs> authors that have written all the outstanding work that I've read so far. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm repeating their names evidently in my sleep, you know, like it, that's, that's impactful. I want to want to be able to have that because they have maybe resources that I've never been able to see um, and ideas there. So I think on that note, again, today, you know, two things, two topics, but they're massive, you know, supervisors and advisors. I think that's, that's a good place as any to stop with this one. Um, and maybe next time we talk about a little bit more of the, the grind, the more of the process, you know, what, what writing is like. I mean, David, I'm going to ask you to talk about the writing part because you did have the most recent journey into the writing center, but thank you for everyone for listening to us prattle on about us, you know, advisors and supervisors, but we hope to have you back again. All of us are approachable, uh, online. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on LinkedIn funny enough as well. Um, and we're happy to have these conversations with you at any given point. We're all learning, you know, regardless of whatever stage of life we're in, we're all learning and we'd, we'd love to share and share a little. Thank you for listening to episode two of Two Daves in a Doc. If you'd like to know more, you can certainly reach out to us on LinkedIn or Twitter. And we're happy to have a conversation with you at any given point. Thanks for listening.